All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. He's on the couch. He's got a cup of coffee. He's just waiting to talk about tires. Are you not, Nico? I am. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing super, super well. Let's just put that call out once uh, more for you. Don't forget, uh, we are chatting to Petrolhead now, and um, there are some questions that are already coming through. But if you do have questions for him, you are welcome to SMS us on 41391 or WhatsApp us on 06. 1-4-104-107-06-1-4-104-107 or follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFMJSB or at Mish Constant. Nico? Michelle? Yeah, how are you? <laughs> I'm very good. As you said, it's a beautiful morning. Um, it would be a, it's going to be a great weekend for a bride. Yes. Um, but it's just nice and relaxing at home. Of course, it's Formula One, so that's exciting. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it would be if you're a um, yeah if you like cars and, and motorsports, it's a good weekend. Otherwise, it's just a lovely October day. Well, if you like cars and motorsports, then it might be a nice day to just go for a drive. Oh yes, definitely, definitely. Also, it'd be a good day to get out a little bit. Um, and as you get out, you might uh, look at um, Michelin. Although we can't buy them yet, Michelin has come up. Um, or, um, well, there's been a lot of research with this, but Michelin has now shown the Michelin Aptis. Yeah. And Aptis stands for Unique Puncture-Proof Tire System. So, effectively, um, we all know tires actually have air inside them, and the air yeah. is there to, to hold the car. Uh, effectively, um, 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 or the car is, um, um, the weight is, is resting on the air, and then all the forces, the braking and accelerating and cornering forces are also going through the tire. Yeah. But of course, um, tires can get damaged. You go out to your screw, um, it cuts the tire, that's it, gone. Or you cut the sidewall, you have to throw the tire away, unfortunately, because the sidewall is very thin. Yeah. So uh, with this up-test tire, effectively, there is no air inside. So you basically see through the tire. The tire is actually supported. So where you normally have air, you have, it looks like little thin, fins almost. Yeah. Um, and these are effectively holding up the car. So instead of the tire having air, it actually has these, it looks like little arrows, and they hold the weight of the car. So um, you see through the tire, and they effectively don't need air. There's a video from Michelin where the tires drive through. There's some screws in the road, and it just drives through the screws and keeps on driving because, of course, the weight is now supported by these almost look like little blades. Yeah. So, so what's the difference between this and a Mari biscuit? Well, the Mari biscuit is effectively your spare wheel. Um, uh, that's still, um, it's very thin. So the reason why we call it the Mari biscuit, because it looks like a little Mari biscuit cookie. Um, it sits in the back of the car, um, but it still needs air. So the Mari biscuit still has air in it. And because it's thin, normally they actually, they run on a pressure, I think something like um, four bars. So you normally pump them quite high and they're emergency tires. Um, but the, the fact is, you know, there's a, uh, tires, as soon as there's a screw in them, you throw them away. You can plug them, of course, or when the sidewall is cut. But a lot of tires are lost. So Michelin is saying, listen, we're going to introduce this by 2024 onto the road. Um, and they're saying um, they can save worldwide, once if you have more people driving with these tires, up to 200 million fewer tires each year would be lost. Wow. That's a lot of tires. That's a lot of tires. That's so completely it's quite, it's a sustainable design then. Exactly. Of course, there's a lot of questions that you've got to say, how will they work? Because, of course, are they heavier? 
and you don't want the tires to be heavy because, you know, uh, tires themselves are light. Now, with the sidewall being, or with the, these blades, the tires probably will be heavier. How will they drive as well? Because tires having air, the air is also like a, a cushion on the road. Yeah. So is this going to be harder? Um, also, how quiet are they? Because um, most cars nowadays are actually, they're getting fairly quiet. So what you start hearing is you're hearing the tire noise. Um, and of course, it's interesting to say, um, how will the safety systems work? Your, your stability control, your ABS, would they be different with this tire? And then for me as well, what, what would the cornering forces like be like? So if I had a, a performance car and I put this on the racetrack and I take these, the, these tires around corners, how would they perform? I'm sure there'd be very little body roll because normally the tire can roll quite a lot. This looks like it's quite stiff. So that would mean there's a lot less body roll. And of course, the last thing is the cost would also be an implication because if it's new technology, they might really be expensive. And anybody nowadays with tires knows that tires, when you replace tires, it's sort of, let's call it a grudge purchase because it's a lot of money and you don't really want to do it, but effectively your safety is at stake. So yeah. um, replacing tires is not something you want to mess with. So I'm not sure what these will cost, but it's a really interesting technology. So if you're interested in looking at that, simply look for the Michelin Aptis and you can see some images and videos of that. There's a lot of the Michelin's, Michelin's website also shows some nice videos on that. And the Aptis is Unique Puncture-Proof Tire System. That's what it stands for. Yeah, so it's really quite a cool. Let's see where that goes. Nico, I just, I'm just interested, when I look at this image of this tyre, so, so we, mm-hmm. we're now looking at the potential of a tyre that has no air in it. Um, what it. about things like, um, I mean, you mentioned it, like, that, will it have flexibility? I mean, are these little ridges that are all the way around the tyre, which, which is holding it up, are those made of rubber as well, or what are those made of? They're actually made of glass fibre reinforced plastic. So they, they, they need to be a bit harder than the rubber because they need to support the, the, the weight. Yeah. But it's almost, if you think of it, it's like a, a bicycle, um, you know, that, the, 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 think of the big wheel with the spokes. Yeah. Um, and as you're driving, how are they supporting the weight? This is what these, these sort of veins or blades are doing. They're supporting the weight. It's also interesting the fact that you can see through the tire. I'm not sure if I like it or not. I'm probably leaning on the side that they're not the most pretty things from the side because you, we used to tires that are closed and you can yeah. see through it. But definitely it's an interesting technology. So let's see how soon those can be on the road. Um, before there was technology, a similar thing called the TWEEL, T-W-E-E-L. Um, and that was also sort of a precursor for this. So I think a lot of time manufacturers are looking at this. And as soon as that, let's say Michelin puts this on the road and it starts working, other manufacturers are also going to jump on this quite soon. So let's see. Um, Michelin said 2024. So okay, no more mentioning the of the brand, please. Okay. <laughs> yes, look. Okay, so here's my question to you, um, very finally, is what happens with, with a tire like this, with brakes? Like, if you brake, is it going to have the same? Uh, well, that's a good question because, uh, of, of course, when you brake, the weight goes forward. Yeah. And there's a lot more forces acting on the tire. But that's what these, these, these um, those... They look like blades, but those those supports effectively, that's when they support the weight. So as the weight, as the tire leans forward, these um, veins or blades, they look like little blades or little arrows. They'll support the weight, so they'll support the braking force. But I can tell you that as a manufacturer, which shall not be named, we do lots (laughs) of testing before they actually put this out. So they would drive this on racetracks, drive this for long distances, drive this on roads, probably take it to the Nordschlaf. So drive it a lot and test it a lot before it actually comes, um, before, before it's in production. I can assure you this, manufacturers, 
Um, time manufacturers, lots and lots and lots of testing is done. It's not just a simple case of, hey, that looks lucky, let's try it. Okay, we'll put it out yeah. there. Um, so definitely lots of testing would be done before it comes in uh, into production. When are we going to see it in South Africa, do you think? I don't know. If, 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 if this manufacturer says by 2024, um, I don't know if it will be at South Africa at that time, probably. But, you know, there's other factors. And if you, uh, let's say you're a trendsetter and you put these on your car, hmm. um, if something does happen drastically that they do get damaged, um, it won't be easy to find those. But on the videos, they drive through a screw and just keep on going because, you know, even if, if the screw goes through the tire, um, it's not, the area is not um, destroyed. So they, if there is a situation where the tire really is destroyed, then, you know, are they, let's say, and you, you found them in Gauteng, but you're now somewhere in the Karoo, how easy can you get them? Because even for a lot of other cars nowadays, um, Sometimes you put a, a wheels on a car and then when it's time, let's say you do cut, let's say it's a normal tire and you damage the tire, sometimes you really battle to find a replacement. That is definitely a reality that a lot of people have been faced with that yeah. they damage the tire and they actually can't find that size of tire um, easily. So it's actually even currently quite an issue of replacement. Jeez, it's completely fascinating. I look forward to seeing it in the in the rubber or in the yeah, so do fiber I. or whatever you call it. And, and driving driving a car with that, I look yeah. forward to that as well. Yeah. The unique puncture-proof tire system is what Uptus stands for. So we've got a couple of um, voice messages. Let's go to the first one. Good morning, Michelle and Nico. This is Derek from Hlanga. Just commenting on rotation of tyres. I know tyre dealers suggest that uh, every 10,000 we rotate tyres. However, I wrote to Car Magazine a few years ago and they tended to agree with me. My view is that you don't rotate at all because if it's a front-wheel drive, obviously the front are going to wear faster in the back, but that doesn't matter because when they do wear down, you just put new ones on the front. When the rear ones wear down, you put new ones on the rear, you know, and pr provided alignment is, is fine, uh, they should should wear evenly so um, I think it's a total pointless uh procedure to rotate front to back back to front every 10,000 cases I think it's just a money-making scheme what's your comment that's, well that's interesting um you know like anything else if you go to two doctors you're going to get uh, or you could get two different opinions yeah so um definitely there is there can be definitely a merit in that argument to say listen um, if the car is a front-wheel drive car, the front wheels are going to wear quicker. So when it's time to replace, you only have to replace the front um, when it's a rear-wheel drive. Um, but you're eventually going to wear, replace the backs as well. But the tires that drive, the driven tires, will be will be um, will wear quicker than the non-driven tires. So rear-wheel drive cars, the rears will wear quicker. Also, some if you have a rear-wheel drive car, some rear-wheel drive car uh, vehicles, the, the rear tires are wider. So anyway, then you can't rotate. Um, yeah. It could also be that it depends on how the tire itself is wearing. If it's not wearing evenly, that um, and the alignment is so. If the alignment is right, that should be okay. Um, you could also be from that school to say, you know what? If you're rotating, because if you only if the front wear more, you only have to replace two tires at a time. Um, if you are ever are rotating tires, what eventually should happen is when it's time to replace, um, it might be a little bit longer um, when you before you wait to replace, but you still eventually will have to replace. But then you replace all four as opposed to um, only two tires. The downside of the argument is this, that if you, um, uh, well, it could be a downside. If the fronts are wearing a lot more, it means that when you get to the end of, 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 of tread in the front, you, um, you might have not a lot of tread in the front and a lot of tread in the back, which would make the front of the car skid more, so it's more likely to understeer. 
Or um, alternatively, if you're just wearing the backs and eventually there's a lot of grip in the front and very little tread just before you replace, the car is more likely to oversteer. So there could be a counter-argument for that to say if they're wearing at a similar rate, then the, the stability of the car would be sort of um, more neutral as opposed to more prone to under or oversteer. But then again, you could say, well, um, the stability control does make a, a difference. So like anything else, I think this is a decision you personally make. I personally, for, in my car, I do every time I there's a service because every 10,000, it's also not a practical way because how are you going to do this now? Get to the garage and move the tires yourself. So what I personally do is when I, my, every time my car goes for a 15,000K service, I normally just sort of take front to back so that they wear uh, evenly. Um, it might take a little bit longer before I replace, but the downside, I have to replace all four. So mm. I think either one, um, it depends on what your what you, your preference is. But you're going to get two different answers from different people in the tie industry. And again, I do respect Car Magazine because they, I do believe that they're definitely leaders in their field and they've been around for a long time. So they definitely know what they're talking about as well. Got another message for you. Good morning, Michelle. And my question I would like to ask is that I've been driving this car for about six to seven years. I would like to see the indication on the dashboard for the for this uh, a gearbox oil. It never appears. I don't know when is my gearbox oil empty. Really, I'm struggling to find that. Can I? Can Can you tell me? Uh, Please, what do I do? What do, what do I need to check if I want to check if my gearbox oil is empty or is lower? Thank you very much, and I have a lovely day. You too. Okay, so Nico, okay, I didn't okay, even so know that your gearbox had to have oil. I learned something all the time. Yes, yes. So definitely they do, and 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 of course, uh, even torque converters inside the torque converter there's oil. Um, it. It is. I don't know what kilometers the car is, but normally the manufacturers would have a certain prescription about when it's time to replace that. So it doesn't happen at every service, but it might be at, let's imagine, 150,000 kilometers, you need to replace gearbox oil. So um, what I suggest is simply phoning the manufacturer or going to the manufacturer because you can get advice. Uh, it's not going to cost you money to get advice from a manufacturer. So whatever the car is, I would go to the, uh, the dealership and I would ask them, I'd say, listen, this is my car. My car is now on 150,000 kilometers. I need to know, is it time to change this? Can you have a look? Because mm. um, it does depend on the kilometers. I mean, six or seven years, you saw um, how many kilometers have you driven um, in that time? But there's also, of course, a time frame. So it could be that after six or seven years, the manufacturer says it's time to replace. So Even if you've only done so many kilometers. Exactly, because um, it's like fuel. Fuel eventually will get shot in the tank if you don't drive it, and oil also has a certain life. So I would suggest that my advice, if I was you, I would simply go to the manufacturer. I would drive there, say, here's my car. What is your suggestion? When is it time? Can you have a look? And what will it cost if you do have a look? Okay, fantastic. Another message for you? Hi, good morning, uh, Michelle. Good morning to Umnik um, as well. Um, <laughs> thanks, uh, Umnik, for the advice on the small SUV. I did manage to get that T-Rock uh, for my stepdaughter. Um, I just want to find out from you, since you have this um, knowledge of vehicles, you know, um, where will you advise someone 
I mean, to shop when he's looking for a, I mean, a reasonable insurance, you know, because uh, I think um, I'm being ripped off here because the insurance that I'm using, I'm paying 21,200 for three cars, you know, which is uh, the Toyota Double Cap Legend 50, uh, Mercedes CLA 45, and then um, the Mercedes V300D exclusive. Uh, I, I took that insurance because um, it's do is covering my medical aid my life cover so i thought i should put everything under one umbrella but uh to my surprise when i do everything uh, if i uh, end up paying twenty one thousand two hundred for three cars every month you know so i wonder you know what about people who are driving the, the lamborghinis and then the rolls royce <laughs> how much are they paying you know so um just want to get an advice from uh um, nick where would be the best place to get uh, a reasonable I mean, insurance under the economical conditions that we are living in? That sounds like a lot of money. Your 21000 that's a huge amount. That's an installment on a very, very fancy car. Um, Michelle, um, so, so first of all, what, I don't know what people that drive Rolls-Royce Cullinan's, I'm not sure if they're too concerned about um, um, the, the, the insurance because this is a 10 million rand plus car. Um, of course, the insurance would be high. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are very concerned. Yeah. Um, I would simply shop around because that would be the best way. And I, I can't say go to this one or this one because I don't know what the prices would be. But um, I would, I would, you know, it will take a bit of work. But the best would be to phone around to actually phone the difference because there's a lot of ads. If you watch TV or even on radio, they say come to us and we'll give you the best insurance. And it could be that. Um, your cars, if you just insure the three cars on their own, that it's better. Or if you say, listen, my life cover, my house cover, and everything else, when everything is under one umbrella, um, that maybe that is cheaper. So the, the best way to do this, unfortunately, would be a bit of homework and phone it around um, and, and actually then separate your house and life. Because life cover, of course, can also be a lot of money. So when you add that in, what is the difference? But normally if you just have cars on their own, it actually is, uh, sometimes can be more expensive um, as opposed to adding that to your house. So shopping around would be my advice. So, um, <laughs> so um, Nick, what you're saying is that 21000 if it's insurance for three cars, that that may be too much. That sounds to me like a, a lot of money. Of course, um, manufacturers look at risk as well. And they would say, what is the risk of this car being stolen? And that could affect it. So um, they might say certain cars, um, the, the insurance companies believe, are more prone to be stolen. Uh, and again, I'm not in that field. So, um, you know, you need to really stick to, to the insurance companies. But they might say, listen, certain vehicles um, cost more um, because there's, lots, there's more of them and they're more prone to be stolen. And for that specific car, it's higher. So I just think 21000 is not a lot. It's it's a, Wait, Nico, you're cracking up there again. Sorry, say that again. It's expensive. Uh, 21,000 is a huge amount of... That's crazy. Okay. So, okay. So, Wim Nick has now given us the info. Go back, (laughs) do your homework. And as Wim Nick says, go and shop around, shop around, shop around. So, Nico, um, one of our listeners, uh, Liva Mikwala, who's on Twitter as the unique one, says... Please get Nico onto Twitter. And then he says, please. So why are you... Um, Nico is not interested in social media because personally Nico, Nico thinks it's not worth his while. So the further social media I get to is WhatsApp. 
and I'm actually not very interested in social media. So there's no way. I know this is going long years ago. You guys, Monique was always trying to, for, uh, to suggest that I go there. I just am not interested. So are you on Facebook? No, no. WhatsApp is the closest I get to social media. Jesus. You might call me a dinosaur if you want. My life is not No, I don't. I think you're a smart, smart, smart fellow. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm on nothing, and I'm quite happy. That sounds really, really good. Okay, so Nico, you are not on social media. You're only on WhatsApp. You're not on Instagram. You're not on Twitter. You're not on LinkedIn. You're not on Facebook, and you can't be bothered. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Watch The Social Dilemma. There's an amazing documentary called The Social Dilemma. Yes. And look at that as, the, as to the danger of social media. Called The Social Dilemma. It really is an eye-opener. Um, it's worth a watch uh, documentary about social media. Well, I just want you I, to know that um, Karen in Dubai has just sent a message to say, Hey, morning. I'm hearing you this morning in Dubai. Wow, that's awesome. That's brilliant. <laughs> Why would you need to go on social media when you can just be on radio? Hey? When you can listen to us on Facebook. <laughs> Nico, we'll chat to you. Um, Nico, we'll chat to you next week, Saturday. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. Have a lovely weekend. And Thanks. if you're braying, enjoy the braai. Uh, for anybody who's braying, enjoy the braai. Moving into nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning. Independent and